0: Ooh. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out, lovely ball for Pella, onside, 1-0! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fast shot! Oh my word! It
1: unbelievable. He ran around the bit, but like Bambi on ice, very, very embarrassing to watch.
0: And now, your host, host Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. with the international break in full swing, it means no top flight action for us to talk about, no Saints v. Brighton. Uh, It's still probably too far away to look forward to uh, until we see how everybody comes back from the international break. And quite frankly, the idea of trying to round up every single match and talk about it from start to finish just didn't seem all that inspiring. But it didn't mean that domestic football was done. It gave me the perfect opportunity to talk to somebody that I've wanted to talk to for some time, and that is Chris Tuck. Uh, The owner, originator, creator of non-league programs on Twitter. Uh, He also runs Saints programs. He is a Saints fan. So, I got a chance to talk to Chris about how he got involved with it, uh, how he got started, uh, how he became a Saints fan, uh, all of those things, and quite frankly, the idea that you would that somebody would catalog all of the programs that they own, uh, the different grounds that they go to. uh, It's interesting to me, just simply because. I've never done that. I don't do that. We, I don't know if, if, if it's the same thing for, uh, for baseball fans here in the United States, given that there are 162 games. I don't, I've never been to an NFL game, so I don't know if there's a program there, but it's not something that ever crossed my mind. Maybe baseball cards are the closest thing, but it's all, it's all different. So really going into the conversation, I didn't have much of an idea of what to expect. Now, when I called Chris, it was the middle of the week, the middle of the day in the UK. And he was kind enough to take his lunchtime to sit up in the loft and get on the phone with me via Skype and have a conversation around his interest, his programs, starting the social media accounts, visiting the 92, some of his charity efforts and more. And so that's the conversation that you'll get today.
1: Yeah. Hi, is that Matt?
0: It is. It is. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah.
0: Is it Matt or Matthew? Uh, Yeah. You know, my mom calls me Matthew. Everybody else calls me Matt. As always on the show, I like to get to know a little bit more about the guests, and I couldn't really find anything on Chris when I was digging around. And other than a few articles he wrote, of course, that uh, I was able to read prior to getting on the phone with him. But um, as I talked to Chris, some some details kind of emerged. And because Chris's dad was a minister, uh, they moved around quite frequently. And as an eight year old kid, you can imagine being uprooted every so often and being forced to move to a new city, uh to make new friends. Uh and, and some of us maybe would would enjoy that, but most of us probably would not. And so uh Chris did mention something that uh maybe enticed as his father enticed him a little bit to be able to go by uh, buying him a Saints kit when they arrived down at Southampton and taking him to his first game against Aston Villa at the Dell. It's just after that point, after he explained to me how his dad got him to go along, uh taking him to his first game against Aston Villa it's at that point that we'll pick up the conversation with Chris Tuck, the so, creator you know, of non league programs and Saints programs. Uh, I mean, and my guest on this week's show. Did you into a lot of other grounds as a, as a like growing up, or did your dad kind of, uh, did you guys not attend grounds together very often, or what what was that like?
1: Uh, I think the only thing that I could would be to watch my dad play himself uh, when we were in the Soul Camp in South Devon uh, and played for the local non league team. So that was uh, a kind of local park, really. But so from there, my um, the first ground was uh, Plymouth Argyle, Home Park. And um, so I was taken there, I guess, um, eight of like five, six. Um, so that gets particularly the first, uh, first of the 92 that I did. And um, second of the 92 would have been the Dell. Um, and uh, sort so of the non league grounds, which uh, which we'll touch on later, I'm sure. So uh, yeah, yeah, Home Park and then the
0: Dell. All right. And then, I mean, did you grow up? Like, were you encouraged to play sport as a, as a child? Did you play football or cricket or anything like that? Or were, was it mostly just, you know, going to watch your, your dad and then the other, the other kind of people that were around? Yeah,
1: sure. Definitely played. Yeah, I loved playing. I think mean, that was kind of the uh, early passion playing football, um, uh, which I did to a high level. And um, I suppose when I was in Southampton, when I lived in Southampton, I had a few trials for schoolboys at the time. So that was good, but um, just as that was kind of going well, at the age of 11, we moved up to Essex, uh, so another move away from Southampton at the time. Um, so that detailed any sort of possibilities down here. Yeah. Um, also, I sort of made a commitment a while ago not to play for on Sunday, just to get a from that. And that probably had a bit of an issue because locally again, Southampton, it was the Tyro League, and that as well, the Scouts were, and that was on like Sunday, so I didn't play there. And that a it hard to uh, find a league that Saturday uh, Saturdays open. Um, but yeah, that's not really the most excuses. I think people who make it make it most of the um, so I don't have, kind of, regrets. In fact, I was playing um, for my, kind of, wish that came out of the and again, uh, somewhere in London on a Saturday morning, and my dad was uh, watching, uh, and we were going on to watch Saints at Wimbledon in the afternoon. I just remember halfway through the game, just kind of sitting in my mind, thinking about the afternoon, looking forward to that. Um, whereas I probably should have be been more passionate about doing, doing the game I was playing <laughs> that. I think that's probably when I realized that I didn't have that kind of quiet desire to be a pro and enjoy
0: playing. Yeah, I have, a, I have a hard time focusing. I'm kind of the opposite. I have a hard time focusing on like school or work or whatever if I have a game that afternoon, I'm kind of, you know, I start thinking about the game and and the kids, I mean, I'm a teacher. The kids can tell, you know, like Mr. Markson, are you thinking about later? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and so I, I, uh, I think I've been that way my entire life. I was pretty useless, you know, two or three days a week when we were playing baseball and stuff during the week. So, uh, you know, it just is the way it goes. But, um, I mean having, I guess one of the questions I, I wanted to ask was, when did you kind of get the the itch to to kind of cover a, a lot of a lot of the grounds? Because it's I mean, I've been to to two, uh West Ham or the London Stadium and and then Southampton and St. Mary's. I I living in America, I've been to a number of baseball stadiums, but I, I I guess I never really had the itch to to try to cover a bunch of them. I think um, it is always exciting to go to a new place but uh, w- is that is that like a, a bucket list item for you is to get to all 92 of those and is that like a larger thing in the UK that maybe uh, some American fans just don't understand
1: yeah definitely there's a uh, uh, plenty of people in the UK that, that like to do that and um, it's really one sort of if kind of where it comes from like, for me i guess to the mixture. I, I love football uh, I'm quite happy watching any football in fact often I like Non-study specific places sometimes too stressful. I get to make games uh, even the 8-0 against Sunderland uh, at 5-0. I'm with my son saying, Are we not going to throw this away now? It's just that constant sense of place that they uh, have a car that I uh, yeah, need to point. So actually, going to watch a random gap and do yeah, stuff that I care about is just quite enjoyable for what it is. I love travel, so I love going to new places, both in the UK and across Europe. So uh, so that's been a lot about photography as well, so. Um, and also, like, we're collecting, uh, we're collecting programs later. Um, I think it's something that people like to collect things, tip things off, uh, that kind of thing. I think we've got a bit of that, uh, if we can use a sort of therapeutic session, I could even tell that uh, we used to collect an airplane registrations. We're able like to go to airports and kick off the registrations so, for registration. so um, I would like that.
0: You. So you mentioned they're just collecting the the programs and and other things like that. Like when when did you start doing that? Was it your very first match? Did you bring home a program and and was it was it something you you realized that you kind of were interested in right then, or 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 was it something that that happened a little bit later on? And then I guess kind of what what drew you to collecting the the programs and and kind of uh, documenting them and cataloging them in, in the manner that you have
1: moved to Southampton, I suppose uh, I had a couple of programs before that but started getting the programs from the Saints game I went to used to go and visit Andrew Murray in the Saints uh, program shop that was uh, just opposite the Dell in Milton Road to start with and then it was incorporated into the ground after that but um, yeah so I was going to see Andrew and I maybe buy some programs of games I hadn't been to he started doing bundles for I don't know 10 for a quid something like that and um yeah, so I suppose it was around that time that I started saying, "Okay, maybe I'll try and get back issues." Uh, and uh, so, it sort of, took twofold really one well. was collecting programs uh, that I hadn't been to games I hadn't been to, and then I always made sure if I went to a game uh, that
0: I would buy a program. And and when you when you took them home, because I I'll be honest that I've never purchased uh, a match day program from a match, but um, I have some here for, that that people have sent in. Um, I got a couple from uh, a listener named Scott who lives in Australia. Uh, a couple from David Terry who lives in Canada. Uh, Michael Kern and and then Freddie from The Ugly Inside. They, you know, when Freddie f- saw that I wasn't going to buy a program, he basically just looked at me and said, "Matt, you got to do this." And then he just handed me his after the game was over. So I have that one here on the wall. I have uh, the first one that that uh, Ralph Hassanhoudal featured on, and then I have a couple of of ones that the David Terry sent I me mean, that I'm super happy with uh the 76 cup final i have that one and uh i have like the the last one from the dell and matt Letitia's kind of testimonial match and and uh and the jpt uh cup final so i i have a couple of those and they're kind of displayed on the wall but i mean for you i mean what do you do i mean you have too many i assume to to just display and have out but uh, do you do you display them or do you how do you how do you do what do you do with them
1: yeah sure so um for a while if- um, and I'll just sort of keep the themes, uh, for that year, and then I'll um, just put them up and they're gone. But, uh, yeah, when I started to put the boat, uh, at nine clogs, uh, that we that talk about a um, I thought, right, I'll get my non-lead or the kind of non-soaked ones down. So, some of them have been IKEA pubs, and they're much more accessible now if I want to kind of take photos of them, that sort of thing. So, thanks for just beginning to come down, I could, uh, a bit of the site guarding kind of use your access to them. Uh, the dream, of course, would be in uh, a man cave, which I can picture of online. I expect most of this is can already. But it would involve a small bar, the programs, lots of them in the wall. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing that would be where I'd like to get to, but not there. Uh, the wife's good,
0: but not that good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like my wife uh, often wonders why I have you know, pictures of a bunch of men in tight jerseys on my wall. Um, but. It- <laughs> It's uh you know, it, and I always joke that uh, all of the players that are up here currently, uh, only Nathan Redmond is still in the first team. Uh, so maybe I should just leave these ones up here. I don't want to put anybody else up for fear that they might leave, or uh, you know, <laughs> just just turn out like Mark Hughes, who is off to the side, so I can't see him. So um, I mean, let's let's talk about the the Twitter account because you you were kind of collecting these things kind of as you as you went through, uh. You know, life and and you went non league and in saints programs and other things like that. But what prompted you, I guess, to to start the the Twitter account, which uh, has grown rapidly? And I think you're uh, are you just over two years old or right around two years old now?
1: Yeah, so um, I think it's made two years. Um, so it's a bit of a funny. My family will you I'm not a social media person at all, and um, kind of personally, so I'm not. Uh, once, uh, saying, so my dinner, and an all that kind of thing, not on Facebook, for got any personal accounts. But, um, I think with my non-league programs, I was thinking about the best way to kind of catalogue them, because I used to kind of write down on my base programs, you know, the name of the team and who it's against, which tournament, how much it costs. Uh, but I wasn't up for that, so I thought, actually, if I take a photograph of the front colour, then that kind of has all the same details, uh, and I'll just put them in like a account or something. And then I'll have quick easy access um, so okay, to my project. So a photo and I kind of forgot the next bit, but for some reason I thought I'll set up a switch account and get a picture of it. Um, that's a bizarre bit. I don't quite understand what I did that day, but um, <laughs> incredibly, because because uh, it is not and all that. Incredibly, uh, it's it sort of uh, hit a an nerve, and um, yeah, six thousand followers in the first kind of eighteen months. And uh, kind of like open some different sort of thoughts and other uh, things, and and yeah, and I love I love Twitter because of, of the interaction. So um, I think the accounts need to be the back and forth. I don't know, like um, accounts where they just sort of shout. Someone says to me Twitter's like you're in a pub talking to someone for that page you should do it, uh, whereas a lot of the big accounts just kind of shout from that. So for me, it's that interaction and more than that. Um, it's just an incredible kind of community of people now and kind of uh, know each other's um, backstories and keep an eye out for each other in different ways. So it's mm-hmm. really nice, it's really nice. But yeah, that's how Nondie Progs started. And then probably only about two months ago, um, I think I was messaging the thanks Archive guy telling him why I didn't have time to set up the And after we it, I thought, if someone else does this, I would be really annoyed. Because I know that i <laughs> No, so I you just registered it quickly, thinking uh, at least I've got it there. And then of course the, uh, I um, yeah. I was off and running.
0: Yeah, I, I think I had I've been following non league programs for some time, but I think it was you know when 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 Saints programs came out or showed up as the, you know people were following it and it was one of those things where you know this this is obviously what something I want to follow because I recently went through a, a thing where I just kind of cleaned out my 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 following and my timeline just because. There, like you said, there was a lot of stuff that was, people weren't there to interact. They were there to shout stuff out. They were there to, to promote their own stuff. And, and it's, I'm, I don't know, I guess I, I, I'm too nice sometimes. And I, I, you know, if somebody follows or asks me to to do something, I want to do it, but uh, I found that I, I wind up just help, help promote things that i don't believe in and that i don't like and so that that's not okay with me but anyway saints programs uh shows up and then i i kind of realize hey this is you know it's the same guy and this is a, a good excuse to kind of get in contact with you and um and so i, I wrote down you know i w- want to make sure i i get in contact and and hopefully do this and it's yeah i i can imagine somebody else picking that up and you just kind of kicking yourself for doing it so i'm glad that you are that you are doing it but i wanted to go back to to the non-league stuff just for a second because I think for, for me, when I, when I look at non-league or I hear the term non-league, I think it's, it's, it's almost, it's not confusing, but it, it, it maybe is. I don't think people realize just how many clubs are out there that are playing non-league football that are, uh, I assume these are part-time players. They're, they're doing other things, but they are also, you know, doing it at a very, a very high level. And, you know, at, at some point they could actually earn promotion into, uh, the football league, if everything goes right, even though it's, it's quite difficult. So, I mean, just that community, because I think so many American fans look and, and we, we view, uh, premier league football as, as the gold standard and, and kind of what it should be about versus what some of these guys out there in, in the lower leagues are, and non-leagues are doing. Um, I mean, is it more of a community feel to, to how things go versus maybe some of the other, uh, uh, some of the other top level football, I guess.
1: Yeah, um, I've always kind of said that the, there's some non-league fans who kind of anti Premier League, anti kind money of and all that side of things, and that's kind of fair enough. I've, I've always obviously been stuck between the two. The same happens in the Premier League, uh, so I'm not against that. Uh, but equally, there's something special about non-league. Hard to describe, but the fact that um, a lot of people are doing things as volunteers, so on the program side of things. Uh, it's not some flashy media department putting out uh, a flashy program, it's some guy and his, uh, and his laptop. Uh, and so the fact that, that things are being done by volunteers, the welcomes that I've had, at different grounds, incredible, just a, a more kind of relaxed feel I guess. Um, yeah, I mean the fact that they are sometimes you know, papers and decorated during the week and all that gets kind of put out every time it's that they cup third round day, but. Yeah, they're just guys who uh, need a full-time job as well as playing football, but they're obviously good enough, We've seen some amazing games over the years, to, to put on a to put on a good show. So the, the UK's seen the non-league is, is actually compared to many other countries, but it is a viable thing kind of in and of itself, but the fact that it's called non-league sometimes puts a negative on it, but it's, it's very much not uh, a negative in that way, for so excellent sort of community of people that...
0: The the or yeah. And I know that, that sometimes the the volunteers and stuff, I mean, they do that because they don't have, really, the teams don't have the money to to necessarily be able to pay for for that stuff, and I think you wrote an article a little, uh, maybe a year ago, maybe, now, maybe not quite that long, um, just looking at, at maybe some of the, the changes to some of the rules where teams were often, they used to be required to uh, put out a, a match day program each and every day, and it was supposed to be color, and and contain all of this uh, information and people started to do it less and less and, or were looking for, I guess, ways to do it less and less. And, and they made a rule so that they said the clubs don't have to do that. And I was, it was kind of wondering from, from your perspective, like what I mean, you, I mean, you wrote in the, in the article, that there's a cost side of it, but it doesn't necessarily, I think people would look at it and say, well, it costs a lot of money, so we should do it. But I think you pointed out that most places break even or even make a little bit of a profit. Um, and there are other things they could do such as, as print fewer of them and I just was wondering uh, at this point you know how has that affected you or has there been uh, a backlash from, from fans who want that or, or what's the you know and, and to what extent I guess is social media driving that change simply because people can get that information kind of more up to the up to the minute as you, as you also wrote in the article kind
1: of that. one is that um, yeah the EFL last year voted and changed the word mandatory, so instead of Having to produce a printed program, um, that it's not mandatory. You have to produce uh, an online program, but not necessarily a printed version if you don't want to. Um, and in non-league teams, uh, a number of teams have sort of taking the same approach. Um, got a few kind of obviously thoughts on that. Firstly, yeah, it's very true that sales have been going down, and uh, into in the old days, you know, well old old days maybe. 40% would, would buy a program based printing sort of for 30% of the attendance in the good old days. But obviously, recently, people can get key news on Twitter right, before kickoff, and it's in date news. So I can see how social media is suggesting um, the demise of the media program, as in, same in the newspaper industry, and, and in books with Kindles, too. So, um, so that's the trajectory that you're not going to kind of standard in place and put a big stop sign. But we just got a few points really. Firstly, if someone's going to go to all the trouble of, of, of putting together an online program, they've still done the editing and the photography and the journalism uh, and all the skills needed. We're just saying, well, if you've gone that far, then why not print a for those of us who want them? So instead of producing 5,000, just produce you know 200 and just for those who still want it, because still feel there is a kind of a niche for it. Um, it's probably in the league and non league. So in the league, um, so, to use a local example, Eastleigh were producing a, a very shiny, £2 um, excellent program for the last couple of years, and Stuart Donald here at. Um, but obviously, they're looking to cut costs, and instead of doing away with the program, they've just pared it right down. It only costs a pound out. it's only about 24 pages instead of about 56. And I think it's just a smart decision. They've realised that fans don't actually need all the the, the some of them almost look like uh, these Premier League programs. Um, and fans don't necessarily need all that, but something to take away from the game, to remember it by, to produce the uh, information that's needed, is what kind of uh, a number of fans are after. So in league terms, I think the message is, still mm-hmm. do appreciate it, but you won't have to make such a big, shiny effort. Um, but normally, that they've got very little money, people so understand they don't think the printers and print for men uh, with would it's not made mandatory. And, um, and I guess the main point on that is that uh, for many people picking up a programme for a game it's part of the master spirit. And even for me, as I look at Nondi games locally, if they're going to do a programme, I'm more likely to go for that one than if they're not going to do a programme. So the sense is for Nondi clubs that, hey, we don't want that cost of printing, often they do have a number left over. And they're great to thinking what's the point. Um, yeah, the point we is that uh, some institutions need to be protected, like uh, the Tower of London, the Heritage, that kind of thing. You uh, have to actively respect things, otherwise they'll go. And I think the Brinkley program is such an important part, and that's their experience. Rather than actually the rules, maybe they should be starting to make it um, still the case that you have to do something. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, so for me, I'm as I'm thinking about this, it sounds like, you know, the TV companies like to make the the third round of the FA Cup, this this big thing, because there is always the potential for a, you know, a league team high up in the table uh, or in the pyramid, I should say, uh, to to have to go away to one of these smaller teams or or a non-league team and potentially you know, get knocked out of the cup, and they want to talk about this magic. But it sounds like that that le- that programs have been a part of of, of football matches for uh, for a long, long time, and it's it's maybe there is a, a sense of tradition there, I guess, that that goes along with it. And it's like you said, you have to protect some of those things because I think that oftentimes. I don't want to make a blanket statement, but I, I'm going to anyway, the, the younger fans or, or fans that are newer to the game, maybe don't understand. And I think I admitted that at the beginning where it, it, it I don't think we have necessarily the culture of, of collecting those things here. Or at least I did. not maybe baseball cards or something similar, I guess. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that there's, it, there's something to it as you, as I'm listening to you talk about it, that it it goes, I think beyond just having a, a, a book, you know, or or the 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 team. It's not about having the team news in there. It's about uh, a lot of the other things that go along with it. I guess.
1: Yeah, but, um, uh, yeah. I mean, for some people, they they want that momentum of the day, uh, and there is a sense that you want to look back it, in years to come and look back at the program and so, say, "Oh, that was the day this. That was the day for that." i so many memories of my kids playing the away games in Europe and wherever, where you just got to look at the program. And, and the memories come flooding back, but um, yeah, the point we make also is that some non-league clubs have shown that you can um, kind of even profit out of the match day programme, so it doesn't have to be a kind of a lost leader. Um, so we're trying to push the fact that this isn't just some historic thing that we're trying to cling on to, and we just need to get with the times and forget about it. Seen some great examples, even locally, of, of uh, clubs linking with local colleges, so if you've got someone doing a journalism course or a photography course, or a graphic design course, then why not link with that local co- college as a non-league club? Maybe get a little bit of sponsorship out of it, get some mm-hmm. apprentices coming across, write a few articles for you. Uh, and in terms of sponsorship, again, it wouldn't take too much to get uh, some local companies to put their adverts in and raise a few quid that way. Um, I know some non-league clubs honestly, would say, well, yeah, we tried that, but kind of no one buys that. But, so that might be the case. But for, for a lot of clubs, they are thriving by kind of making the programme. Uh, kind of part of their match day Uh,
0: yeah yeah well and I know that uh, I follow the Southampton women's football club not the one uh, connected to Saints but um, one of the other ones that's been around for for a number of years and and they've they've done the same thing they they have a lot of volunteers working everything from the club secretary to uh, the person who puts together their their match day program and does their their images and things like that like they you know, they're, they're not a club that's flush with money. The, a lot of the girls are still, it's pay to play on some respect. And so it's, I think it can be done, but it, it, once again, I think it comes down maybe to, to the club and every club is different. So, it, you know, maybe some clubs are are just in a, in a bit of a, a tougher spot than others, but, um, you know, it, it, it's nice that, that some of them are still able to to do that and to give, you know, young aspiring journalists and photographers time to practice, because that's the only way that, that you get better is to have a, you know, maybe just that little bit of extra pressure just nudges them to, to make their product a little bit better and to work a little bit harder on what they're doing and improve in their craft. So I think that's uh as a teacher, I like that idea. I think that's great. Cool. Um, cool. and I've been super fortunate in my time as doing this podcast to, to run into, you know, 17, 18 year old kids who, who do a fantastic job, both writing and and speaking about the game and then you know you look at some of the uh, the graphic design work that comes out around saints and and some of those accounts that are out there and they're doing you know they some people are really really talented um I'm not one of them but it's 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 often nice to see <laughs> some some of what the, these people can do and and I've been helped out a lot by a, a number of them so I'm, I'm truly grateful for that but um I guess you, you know in, in talking about the programs and and collecting them over the years, like, is there, are there a couple that stand out to you as, as being favorites just for like maybe unique design, maybe a club has a, has a super unique program that stands out to you or something like that? Uh,
1: favorites. Um, first my first program, kind of the first game I went to, the first Saints home game, the first Saints away game. Uh, they're always pretty special. Um I always say with the last one I got really, because I was quite pleased to have one. So, whether it's uh, just an A4 piece of paper folded in half, or whether it's uh, a pretty nice, shiny effort, I'm not, not too bothered to. Um, recently, particularly in Non-League, it's been an amazing uh, kind of set of, a bit of innovation, really, in terms of program covers. There's been some with cartoon covers. There's been some uh, kind of retro covers, recreating covers from previous years. Um, some uh, really excellent ones, and they're almost like, say, with the ones you would almost put on the wall because they're uh, they're fantastic cover wise. Obviously, content's important as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a number of those. Soldier been and those incredible ones for a couple of years. But I don't want to start naming them because then I'll start getting a couple that I should have mentioned. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess you know, thanks big match ones. Um, a lot of the first, uh, especially yeah okay
0: yeah, that's I think that's fair enough, and I don't want to get you in trouble with anybody um so I won't, I won't do that um and and I guess another thing is is i mean is any of this connected to to what you do on a on a daily basis for work or is this just all kind of a hobby and something that you enjoy and 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 then i guess the the, the follow up question to that is does anybody else in your family have, do, do they share in this with you or is this something that uh, maybe your wife has to just tolerate a little bit as much as my wife uh, appreciates the podcasting, enjoys the podcasting, doesn't always enjoy everything else that goes along with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, just me, I guess. Uh, uh, it was a, a particular passion. The kids are kind of picking up uh, programs a little bit. where no, they're not, to be honest. No, it's just me. Just me in the break.
0: <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, and I know that you also have uh, some aspirations or some links with with a couple of charities and some things that you want to do because it's not just about collecting and and saving and and kind of remembering stuff. I, there, you have things that you would like to uh, to do with that. So, I mean, can you let the listeners in on on any of uh, any, maybe some details in terms of the the charities that you are kind of linked with, and then what maybe some of your aspirations are in terms of what you'd like to do with some of the programs?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I do fun. It's, uh, it's just a good laugh and I enjoy football so that's kind of why I do it but from a kind of a big picture like point of view I guess then um, uh, so being a Christian just generally want to kind of be doing positive things where possible so uh, now have got a platform like this it makes sense to see if there's anything uh, else that we could do to help people um, so I've got a, sort of a, in a football centre home and away kind of aspiration so I want to try and do some stuff here but maybe do some overseas as well so Um, Over here in the UK, there's uh, an organisation called Sporting Memories, um, Net, I think is their Twitter, and they work with people with Alzheimer's um, and uh, depression, isolation, that kind of thing, and they basically get groups of people together to talk about sport and bring memorabilia along to kind of prompt people's memories. So, well, I recently, for the first time, went along and took some of my programs. I uh, had a fantastic time and I to go back kind of once every other month to um, for the local group, but also maybe try out raising funds for them more nationally. Um, the way I heard about it was a chap up in Gateshead said that he took his Gateshead programs into his local group. And there's a chap who was going on to the group who was generally very unresponsive, um, but his eyes lit up when he saw these programs. We saw the names on the back. turned out he used to play himself, uh, do these players, the uh, games he played in as well as watched. And it was a real kind of turning point for him in terms of just being able to remember a number of things and articulate them. And that just sounded really special when I heard that. And I thought, if, if I can go somewhere and talk about football programs, then it actually will um, kind of switch a light on in someone and actually kind of uh, bring back happy memories. And that's, that's an easy win, really. And, and so it turned out, I went to a lovely group locally in Chalmers Ford, and um, yeah, it wasn't me at all because it's just like eight of us sat in a pub chatting about saints. Uh, it was fantastic, and uh, so yeah, that's a really good kind of local home way that uh, can get involved. And so excited to be on that journey. And then yeah, bigger, bigger dream potentially. So part of me is wondering and looking into the possibility of surplus printed programs of which we know there's just hundreds of thousands. Um, we've taken a container load of them across to Africa and using them in schools to help teach English. So this is something that a a charity called Football Beyond Borders in London have done a little bit locally. So this affected kids in London uh, not really that interested in an English textbook, but if you took in West London and you took 30 Chelsea programmes in um, and started to try and teach them from, from the programme almost uh, to whatever level, then obviously uh, that piques their interest and uh, we know in Africa there's just a real love of football and of English football over there. So, um, But I don't want to do a kind of a West knows best and, and ask a white man going across kind of solving a problem that doesn't exist so I'm just researching a few things at the moment. I'll get some English teachers to look at what lesson plans they could put together because it's a bit complicated because each program is going to be different, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as a teacher, if have got 30 people looking at slightly different bits of text, then that might not be so easy. Um, I think if I get programs from bigger clubs, then often there might be 20 or 30 or 40 of the same program, so that could get over that. But, yeah, just doing some research at the moment, um, but the idea would be to do this as a one-off and see if it kind of works in inverted commas which would be a container to um, to a port on maybe the east coast of Africa, and then uh white van, delivering them to various kind of schools, disbanded kids, maybe doing some assembly, take some footballs as well, and maybe um, do that over a two, three week period and just see if it's uh, something that has legs. Yeah, yeah, so that's a bit of a random one, isn't it?
0: Uh, I think it's, I mean, I think both of those are are awesome, and I was listening to you talk about you know the the gentleman who kind of lit up and and recognized some of the players and things like that and that's I mean there's I don't think there's any better than that I think just you know watching or seeing the joy that that football can bring to certain people um, sometimes we let ourselves get caught up in transfers and losses and and you know poor tactics and everything else and I think it's just a reminder that there's a lot more to it than than what goes on on the field and and it means. Sometimes I think we, maybe we, we trivialize it a little bit and it's, it, we just turn it into something that it doesn't need to be. And you hear stories like that. And it just gives you the reminder that there is, there there's a, it brings a lot of joy to a lot of people and it can do a lot for a lot of people. And then, you know, you fast forward or, or pivot to, to what you're thinking about doing and, and looking into, into teaching English with them and with the programs. I think that's a, uh, I mean, a lot of people would just collect them, you know, and, and hang them up or throw them away eventually. And, and I think what your, your aims are, what you're trying to do, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I find it very admirable and, and I, I think it's ambitious and I think it's going to be, um, but I think it'd be really, really good. And I'm, I was thinking, you know, would my own students enjoy reading those things, cause we have a lot of kids who aren't, you know, super big fans of, of the English textbook and, the area that I teach in is I I teach in Southern California. So my school is 97% Hispanic. Uh, We are, you know, over a third migrant population. So kids that are in the country less than six months or fewer than six months from time to time, uh, they move quite frequently because their families do that. So to, to be able just to, you know, to get them interested in something that, that, uh, or to get them to focus on something because they're interested. And I think is, is, is always great. And I think as a teacher, we're always trying to find ways to uh, to do that. So um, I think I think both of those are, are are fantastic, and I I hope I wish you the best in 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 you know accomplishing that as you as you move forward.
1: Thank you. Yeah. No. If anyone listening um, has any insight or wants to get on board, then uh, yeah, please the give me a shout. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean. What what have we missed? What have I what have I kind of glossed over in terms of, of our discussion with both the uh, uh, the programs and with your um you know your your mission I guess to 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 get to the, as many of the ninety two as you can.
1: Yeah, sure. So we um, we touched a bit on the, the whole ground hopping, and that's taken me in a strange direction as well, which uh, I like to go to new ground. So I was contacted by an American uh, website called Stadium Journey, and they write and write. Rape- Stadiums for fans. Um, so in the States, they've covered all the major leagues and the uh, uh, college leagues, but they're not so kind of strong in, in Europe. So um, I've basically, for the last couple of years, each month been writing a new stadium review, and that involves rating the atmosphere, the, uh, the local neighbourhood, the stadium itself, the fans, all that kind of thing. Um, it's not a paid position. Um, I can occasionally flag a free media ticket to a, to a ground when I want to, but often it's better to be in with the fans anyway. So, so yeah, so my stadium hopping has taken a bit of an extra twist there. So I've done about 81 of the 92, um, about kind of two-thirds of those with, with Saints. Um, and then I think overall I'm sort of 450-plus grounds, uh, but the European ones uh, are quite uh, quite um, attractive to me at the moment from Southampton. I did uh, a review of Boulogne recently, which I think if you'd have said Boulogne to me, all I'd have thought is it should be a ferry that went there, um, not much else to it. But hey, I went on a Friday off, I drove, sunny day, got to Calais, uh, drove 25 minutes into Boulogne, an amazing kind of inner walled city, loads of interest there, obviously the, the Port area but there's a lovely beach which I wouldn't have uh, associated with Beloit and then the the Friday night fixture about 3,000 there good support for both teams good standard of play a few beers obviously Um, and then uh, stayed over drove back the next day along the coast uh, to Calais um, and stopped at Hastings game on my way back through Kent on the Saturday so to me that's that's happy days isn't it so uh, Friday and Saturday a couple of new grounds brand new places that I've never been to um, and a couple more ticked off. Um, the writing, in a sense, becomes a bit of a pain, because once you're back, um, you kind of want to move on, but, um, but I enjoy doing it, I think. So I'm doing it for now, um, and it's given me an opportunity, basically, to make a review. I need to write a review. I'm off to Eindhoven next month, which is my current uh, situation.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's I mean, that sounds great, and I, I guess that would encourage you to get to a few new places, especially places they haven't covered, and it, I, maybe it's an excuse to to get to some places that maybe you normally wouldn't go to. So,
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I think I choose places generally on the kind of cheapness of the Eurotunnel or the flight, that kind of thing. I've got a group of friends that we've got into going to Germany games over in Germany at the moment, so um, often it's the fifty sixteen pound flights from Stansted at an unearthly hour. Um, but sometimes you can, we can get ourselves to a game in Dusseldorf quicker than we could if we were going to see Saints up in kind of Preston or Manchester, something like that. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's often maybe on, on what's the cheapest. But you find some gems. So we went across to watch uh, Dortmund, uh, the kind of classic one, to kick off with the wall there, 80,000 stadium. Um, but the night before, we went to a thing called Dockers in Bundesliga 2, Um like to get as many grounds in as we can. Now, Dortmund was impressive. It is what it is. We knew what it was going to be. But Boca was amazing. Uh, the atmosphere, fear on the terrace being thrown around, proper challenging, the uh, players coming over at the end and doing salutes in front of the fans. Um, you yeah, have proper like raucous, maybe 80s style atmosphere from England but unfortunately a lot of our stadiums are pretty sanitised now but um, some of the lower leagues in, in Germany have got some proper uh, some good atmosphere so... But yeah, so often it's not necessarily just the uh, the big shiny grounds. Uh, I quite like some of these other ones as well. Uh, Glentor and the Oval which is recently. Uh, I think that's superb. It, uh, it should be a National Trust property. So it's amazing, although they are thinking of
0: knocking it down. Sadly. Just talking about uh, travel to some of these places, is is there a... I mean, what's the furthest you've ever traveled to, to, to see a match?
1: Uh, I suppose Bucharest probably with Saints after the... Uh, 2003 Cup Final. Uh, we got in Europe, so I guess Bucharest is uh, where I travelled specifically to see a game. Um, I've been to a ground in Zambia, uh, but there wasn't a game going on, so I don't let myself check that off. But uh, yeah, I've been inside a stadium in, in Zambia. Uh, probably my furthest, but for a game, uh, I think probably Bucharest. Yeah.
0: You spoke of maybe the atmosphere, and and I think. As a kid who grew up going to baseball games that were pretty, you know, it, my dad bought fairly cheap tickets because they were we weren't, weren't by any means rich, and and so we would normally sit and there'd be a bunch of kids around, so it was pretty pretty sanitized, as you would say. But um, I mean, you've been to any grounds where you just look around and go like, maybe you know, maybe this isn't the uh, the safest place for to be.
1: <laughs> um, not when it's me or my mates. I think when I take the kids, I'm sometimes get a bit careful. Uh, although my, we worked out the other day, my daughter's first game was home to Millwall, so maybe I'm not so <laughs> uh, careful, careful with my kids, if I should but um No, not not really. No, I think uh, you get a bit stabbed, don't you, over the years, going to football matches, so you can kind of sometimes sort of smell the mood if it's going a bit the wrong way and kind of move it into a different area or something. So, uh, no, I've never felt in any kind of danger or anything like that. I think certainly in Germany it's kind of. Not that way. You even get away fans and home fans sitting together as well. Right. Um, so i idea, yeah, less of that. I haven't really encountered
0: anything much over the years, To be honest on that side of things. Well, that's good, and I hope that I hope that that stays that way. And I hope the it's always nice to hear the atmosphere where the the fans are passionate. Uh, but it, it, you know, like you said, if it goes it goes the wrong way, that's it's never good. But I'm I'm glad that you you've managed to avoid that for the most part. Um. But Chris, I just want to ask: like, Is there is there anything else that you'd like to to mention before we go? And and if not, you know, where if people want to get in touch with you, whether it's for to because they're interested in the charity or they're just interested in in programs and and maybe they have pictures they want to send you of programs or whatever. I don't know if you want that or not. But um, you know, where can people get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, I guess for the Saint I'm not used to the to the Twitter site, so it's um, at Saint the um, And so, whilst I'll be tweeting my collection, the whole idea, and if you look at the, the non league Pogs Twitter, you'll see that a lot of the time it's not me tweeting, it's everyone else tweeting their pictures. So, the Saints Pogs is not going to be supposed to be a, a library of me just displaying my collection. I just want to see Saints fans mm. sending in pics of their programs, and we even go as far as ticket stubs and team sheets, stuff like that, mm. handbooks. So, um, so, there's so much, obviously, a rich history at the start. And so, yeah, if people want to just ping in stuff, I'll retweet it straight away. 'cause would love to see it and uh, end up chatting about it, probably, I'm sure. Uh, I just tweeted the program from Plymouth away when we got promoted a couple of years ago, and a couple of people already sort of reminiscing over what a, what a great day that was. So, yeah, use Saints Fog as a... Uh, send in your program pictures, and we'll retweet them. Uh, Non-lead frogs is... So at non league is L G E. So non league frogs Um And again, just give us a follow just for the for the banter really, and you get to see some uh, amazing programs. Not just non league, mm-hmm. so doing internationals, doing overseas programs at the moment, uh, ladies football as well. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, DM me through either of those if you want to get in contact. Uh, it Would be great to hear from you yeah. and see uh, see your collection as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll put all the links to those in the show notes, so people can get in contact with you. And uh, maybe I'll have to decide. I'll have to take a look at some of the ones that I I really really like. Maybe I'll send you send you a pick. And if I if I make it to a, an MLS match or uh, maybe a, a USL match, there are a couple that are on uh, that I would like to go to. We'll just see if we get. Uh, they happen to land during vacation time with the whole family. So we'll see if the, I'm allowed to go, but um, if I do that, uh, I'll send those over to you and, and hopefully we can just continue to spread the the love for the programs and for, uh, for football. And, and I'm actually really, really excited about the the two kind of charity uh, branches that you have both home and away. I think that's, that's super cool. And um I mean, yeah, I, I, as somebody who doesn't collect uh, a lot of things, I think that that's I mean, just having an impact outside of, of just yourself. You know, I, that's, a, that's a big thing. And um, I, I think that's going to be really great. So uh, thank you so much for, for coming on here and, and doing this and giving up your lunch hour to, to make it happen. I, I really do appreciate it, Chris. Yeah,
1: that's okay. I had a, um, only one question came in. I think from uh, the tweet that you put out, and it was just about the most precious program in my collection, and why, I don't think I answered that one. Um, I had a little think. It turned out it's probably the Stourview Cares program that I mentioned, so when thanks went to Stourview Cares, 2003, 4, whatever it was, um, and basically I didn't get a program on the day. Uh, we arrived for the fixture about two days earlier um, to see the city and have a couple of uh, sherbets, but um, it, we ended up in the pub the side of the city, didn't get to the game until ten minutes after kick-off, pouring a rain, and no programs around. So um, I looked out for them after that and they became quite rare. Finally, Andrew Murray, the program chap, had one and he did a, uh, an auction where you sent in your sealed bids. And I didn't realize that one of my mates was uh, going for this as well. Um, but in my mind, I just thought, I've got to win this. So I thought, okay, so it's worth about a quid, so I'll bid two. And then I thought, maybe £2.50 because someone else will do too, And basically, Again, I'm happy to share, except that my wife was saying, so I bid I 25 quid for it, <laughs> um, which, which was literally in my mind going, no, maybe three, no, actually, someone will do five, uh, someone might do, yeah. And um, so I didn't really tell anyone until it came up with my mate, and he said he was horrified himself because he bid a fiver. Um, so when I told him that I bid 25, and I did win, to be fair, and I photocopied it for him, so he's one and one, what's it like. Um So in terms of my most valuable program, that's probably my most preciously valuable program just because I made a bit of a fool of
0: myself, but I've got it anyway. Yeah. yeah, I think you needed that one, right? That's, those are some (laughs) things that you need, but yeah, that question came in from Robbie who's at edit Southampton. Um, so thanks for reminding me about that. I completely, um, completely forgot. I I clicked on something who, somebody who retweeted it and saw that there was no, no, uh, no comments and moved on, uh, with my, with my day. So, uh, Oops, but anyway, um, Chris, thank you. The, this has been great. Um, I've really enjoyed it, and and I've just I, I think I've learned a lot, and I think that uh, hopefully people uh, will will get in contact with, with both their programs and in in terms of the charity stuff. And um, I hope uh, I hope you your the rest of your day at work is is good, and uh, hopefully the kids will feed off some of my enthusiasm as I as I go in today. Yeah, no,
1: fantastic. Thanks for having me on. It's been fantastic. Really good. Thanks.
0: That does it for episode 115 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks to Chris Tuck for taking time out of his lunch to talk to me about non-league programs and Saints programs. If you want to follow him on Twitter, you can do so at N-O-N-L-G-E-P-R-O-G-S or at Saints P-R-O-G-S on Twitter. If you have stuff, you have programs, overseas programs, non-league programs, whatever, send them in, uh, share the love. The show wouldn't be possible without people like you listening to the show wouldn't be possible without guests like Chris who take up time out of their day to talk to me. And I wouldn't have been able to make that Skype call if it wasn't for the people supporting the show on patreon.com. Those people who support the show on patreon.com slash SFC delivery in exchange for a little bit of money. uh, I give them access to some extra things, including a private chat, one extra episode a month and priority for having their questions answered each and every week on the show interested head on over to patreon.com slash and see if that's right for you if it's not it's totally fine i just appreciate you listening uh but maybe consider writing a review or sharing the show with a friend hitting them up on twitter tagging the account all of that stuff helps and i really do appreciate it the show would also not be possible without the partners of the show including the southampton page for all your southampton fc news and needs be sure to follow the southampton page on twitter instagram and facebook also, the logo for the show is done by the We Are Southampton page on Instagram, who, by the way, congratulations, just hit 9,000 followers. So, if you're not one of those 9,000, you should be in that number. Uh, the best match day edits going, trust me, I make my own. They're not as good. They're not as good as his. That's what I meant. I didn't want that to come out. Just to clarify, he makes better edits than me. It's okay. Uh, all music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim Is True by Pontington Bear. We'll be back next week. To be sure not to miss it, head on over to southamptondelivery.com. Make sure you're subscribed. Check out the newsletter. Subscribe to that as well. That'll be in your inbox on Friday. And until next time, remember that together, we march on.